Friends, hello. This is episode 525 of the Juice Box Podcast. On today's show, we're going to be speaking with two people, Ryan and Jamie. Jamie and Ryan are married. One of them has diabetes. They have two children. One of those children has diabetes. This is their story. Can you imagine if I was like, this is their story? Anyway, I thought this was an interesting conversation, and I felt like you might want to hear it as well. So now it's a podcast episode. While you're listening, while you're listening, hey, while you're listening, while you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your health care plan or becoming bold with insulin. I've discussed it with the editor, and we're going to leave all those mess-ups in the show. So you know I feel like a human being to you. That's the important thing. I just feel like I'm one of the guys, and I make mistakes too, which I do all the time. I just, I'm way too lazy to edit that out, so. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. The episode's also sponsored by the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. Find out more at contournext.com forward slash juicebox. Let me push record again. What what, what, what was that now? (laughs) One more time. Let me say it again. Just for the recording, please. I said, I can't believe we're talking. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm excited as well. Um, it must be like weird for you because everybody feels like they know you. I get a lot like of messages. First time talking to everybody else. Yeah, I get a lot of messages that are written to me. Um, like my mom writes to me. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, baby, uh, is everything okay? I'm like, you know, we don't really know each other. Um, my favorite is, and I brought this up yesterday with somebody I was talking to, is that people will correspond and then you'll go back and forth with them a little bit. And sometimes, I, I guess to them, it probably seems like a lot. I wish, I, I don't want them to feel like it doesn't feel like anything to me, but I have a lot of those conversations. And um, so they're meaningful in the moment, but I don't recall them afterwards. And, right. you know, then I'll get a follow-up message. It'd be six months later. It'd be like, hey, uh, check this out. I changed the basil and everything's good now for her. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know who you are. Who is her? What are we talking about? Like, you know, because then they start they start talking about diabetes stuff. As if I'm five seconds beyond when we stop talking, I think the way they probably are, which is great and understandable, but I'm not there anymore. I've talked to a thousand people since then. At least. You know, and so it's just like, it's like, I don't know what you're saying or who you are or who you're like, you'll have to like, please don't like make me like, just tell me that that's my here. If everyone's listening, here's my message. If you're going to send me a message and then send me another one later Act like we don't know each other so that I don't have to scroll back up in the messages and figure it out. If you want to make my life better, keep me from having to scroll up. That would be amazing. Seriously. That's yeah, that seems fair, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we feel good? I do. Do we care yeah. about Ryan? or? Are we just- no, I'm here. I'm here now. No, I just meant Jamie's going to cut you out of this pretty easy. I can see it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt. That's okay. <laughs> 
Um, so why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourself in uh, order of importance? So Jamie, you go first. Okay. Uh, my name is Jamie. Um, I am married to Ryan and we have two daughters and our oldest who is five was diagnosed with type one, um, right before her first, fourth birthday. Fourth birthday. How, how old is she now? She's five now. So about a year or not quite? Uh, yeah, it was July of 19. Wow. See, you're not even giving yourself any credit. You're a year and a half in already. Yes. Um, and Ryan, obviously, I'm married to Ryan, and he will do his own spiel, but we've known each other since we were 20. How old are you now? How old are you now, Jamie? <laughs> I'm 37. Oh, wow. 37 yeah. years you've lived in a row. That's a lot of years. <laughs> that's a, by the way, that's a clerk's joke for only people who have ever seen the movie Clerks. No one else will get that. Uh, Ryan, go ahead. What about you? So I am, uh, so I'm Ryan. I was, I was diagnosed with type one when I was 16 years old. Um, I'm also 37 <laughs> and yeah. And Jamie's lived, known me for too long for her <laughs> own good. You know, she's like a saint because she's lived with me this long. There's no doubt about that, but, <laughs> uh, but yes. And we've, uh, you know, we have uh, two lovely daughters and one of them is type one, too. So we're learning. I'm learning from a different side of things uh, as of recently. So, OK, Ryan, how old were you when you were diagnosed? 17? 16. Yeah. 16. And you're 37 now. That's over 20 years. I figured that out very simply. And yeah. um, anybody in your extended family has type one diabetes? No, no. A lot of people have type, you know, type two and stuff like that, but absolutely nobody in my family has type one. How about thyroid issues? No, no real. Um, my grandmother had a thyroid issue, but it was as she was older and stuff like that. So nothing, nothing significant though. Gotcha. Okay. And 20 years ago, you were, were you like regular in MPH or did you just make man-made and did you just make fast acting insulin? No, it was MPH. It was MPH. Yeah. Wow. How long did you do that for? Probably not too long. No, I did it. Uh, so I got diagnosed like in my like junior year of high school. And then um, it was I it, I went on the pump when I went into college right at, you know, like 17 and a half, 18. So mm -hmm. it's interesting when you talk to older type ones and they 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 always use that phrasing. I went on the pump. Yeah, it's a very common phrase for people who have had diabetes about as long or longer than you have. Like there was diabetes and then this magical the pump came along and some people resisted it and some people tried the pump. It's uh, if, is that how it felt? It, it, it was magical. It was fantastic. Well, I mean, obviously I was 18, so I was not uh, my brain was not fully developed and I was doing stupid things throughout my entire, you know, uh, Ryan, college. Can, can I stop stuff. you one second? Jamie, is he have a fully developed brain now or is he still doing stupid things? No, I mean, it's a lot more developed, but it, I mean, I don't know if it's all the way there. How many more decades do you think Ryan needs to become an adult? Fully? Yeah. I don't know, uh, like at least two. <laughs> and you've and you've Jamie have been an adult since you were eleven. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, totally. I just want to make sure everyone understands how <laughs> people think. Anyway, Ryan, go college, not fully developed brain. What were you going to say? And then you know, so the, but the pump helped. Uh, I'll be honest with you. And then I've gone through all the different you know technology. You know when you know I got into the CGM pretty early on, and uh, you know was on. Um, you know I was in the I, I did the mini med pump for a long time. 
Um, and then I had some problems with the sensor, you know, later on in it. And then I changed over. I was on Omnipod for a little bit when uh, my daughter Ellie got diagnosed um, because she could only go on the pod. And we got her on that within, I want to say, probably like probably less than a month. Yeah, less than a month we got her on the pod and we got her on the CGM within like two days of her being diagnosed. That was quick. So, yeah, yeah. And then now I'm on the tandem. Can I ask you a question, Ryan? What's the biggest difference between modern insulin pumps and those first ones? Well, I mean, if you look at the integrated stuff that's going on now, I mean, there's drastic difference. But to be honest, like um, the extended basals, the temporary basals, all those things were a little bit hard to use in the beginning. And they used to use these things called like square wave boluses. and that kind of stuff. And, you know, they were, I, I just felt like I, again, maybe it was just because of my age though. I feel like I didn't really, like nobody really taught you on them and you were just kind of like doing it and you're just like, oh, well, you know, let me just try this. Let's see what this does or whatever else. And I still do try things, but it was just, it just felt very, um, I don't know, in a, you know, not really informed yeah. uh, and they weren't, nothing was integrated. So that was a problem for me. In fact, then insulin pumps are just delivery systems, whether they were 20 years ago or now, and they've made improvements and given you different, you know, things you can do, like, you know, extended bolus and temp basils and stuff like that, which are obviously, um, are really valuable. Um, but in the end, it's just, I, I try to explain that to people. They're like, Oh, well, we're moving to this. It's such a big deal. I'm like, it's not, I'm like a needle is a delivery system. A pen is a delivery system. A pump is a delivery system. It's all it is just a way to get the insulin inside of you. Um, there's a lot that, you know, you can do with some and, and not others, but still, uh, it, it really should be looked at like that. Your point about the algorithms is huge. That's this is where pump companies are going to get to distinguish themselves with their algorithms. Um, Jamie, I was wondering, did you know? You, did you know Ryan back in high school? No, we met. Um, we actually met when we were both studying abroad. So no. I met him like I don't know three or four years after he was diagnosed. I think right. We were twenty. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He's just agreeing with you. He doesn't know. And no, so- I never know. I don't know at all, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, where were you studying? Australia. Do you, Does everyone listening know how hard it is for me not to make like a ham-fisted 80s joke every time somebody says, we were studying abroad, <laughs> and I want to say, which broad were you studying? But I know that that's not appropriate anymore in 2020. <laughs> I just know I can't. Well, lucky for you, you we're not like, super appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> It's like when someone says hormone. Every time someone says hormone, there's an eight-year-old inside of me that goes, hey, do you know how to make a hormone? And then there's a simple answer that it's completely inappropriate in 2020 that was so funny in 1982. And none of you will ever know. And But you'll know that it, somewhere in the back of my head, it pops up every time somebody says the word. Because I'm five years old still, Jamie, in case you're wondering. I need at least 20 more years to become a full-fledged adult. Uh, hey, we all have our own path, right? <laughs> my path seems to be very long, and it and it keeps circling back through when I was twenty six. <laughs> so, every time I get a little ahead, I come back again. What um does it? I should say, does it enter into a young Jamie's mind? Um, I'm starting to date a guy with diabetes. That's different. Or how how much of it are you aware of or paying attention to? Um. I'm trying to think how to answer that question. I, 
like how much of a role did it play in our relationship? I was looking for honesty. If you're wondering how I was hoping you would answer the question. But no, what, I'm, no, what, no, I am going to be completely yeah. honest. But is that what you mean? Like, I how mean, much did it matter in our relationship? Yeah, I mean, d- did it impact you? Did you find yourself going, uh, or, you know, were there times when you thought I should find a boyfriend that doesn't have diabetes? Like how much of it gets separated? How much of it is Ryan who has diabetes versus Ryan and this friend of his diabetes who's sitting on his shoulder. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I never like, it never was an issue for me as far as are we going to be together? Like that was never, it never even occurred to me to not be with somebody because of that. Um, we did have, I would say like some struggles as far as, and Ryan, you can cut in whenever you want. I think it played a bigger role in the early years of our relationship because I think we were both still learning a lot about it. Um, And I feel like I learned a lot about it kind of on my own. Like, I don't, I feel like he just kind of did his, I don't know how comfortable you were talking about it in the beginning. Would you say that's fair, Rai? Oh yeah, no, I was like, So it, it's very funny because Scott, like you, you like talking now. It's just like it because I grew up in I grew up in New Jersey, mm-hmm. and uh, like it's like I feel like we're like like talking to like one of our friends. It's very interesting. But um, you, but like yeah, no. When I first did it, I mean, we didn't like even my house and stuff like that. Growing up, we didn't talk about it a lot. Like it was kind of just like I was old enough, so it was just like oh well, you know, we talked about it in the beginning when everything started, but then when I went off to college, it kind of was just like oh well, Ryan just deals with it. So that's kind of how I've always. <laughs> just kind of dealt with it and it wasn't really a top of a conversation or like you know I used to try and like hide my insulin pumps and stuff like that so like people didn't know um and that kind of stuff when I first you know when I first got diagnosed it was it just felt weird right. but because I didn't know anybody else with it it's fascinating to me because of course my friend Mike and and I grew up together and he had diabetes and he was diagnosed a similar time in his life as you were and it, it occurs to me as you're speaking that diabetes 20 years ago was like psoriasis on the back of your knee. You just wore pants all the time instead. And and that was the end of right. it. Like, hey, I've got this thing on the back of my knee. I don't want anybody to see it. I'm going to cover it. <clears throat> and that's that. And we don't talk. Like, I, I have this feeling in, in Ryan's house, his parents are like, huh, that's tough luck, kid. All right. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, do you have brothers and sisters, Ryan? Yeah, I have an older sister. Yeah, they were probably like, huh, she got off lucky. See ya, Ryan. <laughs> You want to try that, the pump? <laughs> like, you know, like, like it was just like, honestly, your parents have a kid with type one now. I know you were just on your way out the door, Ryan, but the way you're managing your daughter and the way that your parents were involved in you, there's probably no similarities at all, right? No, I think, I mean, my, my parents are very empathetic in the beginning of everything and really like, you know, tried to learn and did that kind of stuff. But again, like I was, it was kind of out the door, but no, I mean, I'm me and Jamie are really actively involved. I mean, we got, we got her A1C down, you know, and we diagnosed her like, like Ellie really quickly. Like um, 24 hours basically. Yeah. I don't think she had like, again, like, I don't know the scientific part of it or whatever else, but I, you know, I, I, you know, she, her sugar was like two thirty, and she never went to the hospital. She went, we, we took her right to, you know, Jocelyn diabetes in Boston and like she did it outpatient. Um, so it was kind of cool in that sense. And, you know, we've, you know, the CGM and everything else going along with it makes it a lot easier to be kind of more involved. Yeah, I feel definitely. if that makes sense. Uh, last question o- along these lines for you, Jamie, um, yeah. I put you, I give you a magic wand and a time machine and I send you back 
you said it would it paid no part in you your decision about dating Ryan or not. I'm assuming because he was so hot with that Jersey accent <laughs> in Australia. But, the Jersey um, accent, you know, really does something for yeah, you. Yeah, and it pulls you right into it. Um, but um, <laughs> but I I take you back in a time machine and I tell yeah. you, you marry this guy, you're gonna have two kids. One of them's gonna have diabetes. You want to bail? No. Okay. Good. Um, what did you learn growing up with Ryan? And I don't know that. Uh, people who haven't been married or younger people would think of it this way. But when you get married, you do grow up together. Like, so what did you learn growing up with Ryan that's helping you with your daughter? Um, so many things really, like he has such a great attitude and it's literally never caused him to stop something that he wanted, wanted to go for, or he's never had, even on like a I'm sorry, I can't curse on here. Even on like a rough day, like when all the diabetes things might go wrong, like he just never has um, had a bad attitude or felt bad for himself when, you know, it's okay to feel bad once in a while, you know, about it. Like it, it can suck sometimes. Yeah. Um. So I think he's just always had a really positive attitude and sort of like that has been really inspiring. Um. So we sort of do that with her. Like, yes, it kind of sucks that, you know, all these things just failed in one day, but we're going to change them. We're going to move on and we're going to do whatever you want to do. So I think that has probably been the best thing that I've, I've learned from him as far as like how to really embrace it and empower her. That's excellent. Brian, um, how many of those days are you just faking it till you make it? Uh, <laughs> you know, no, to be honest with you, it's like, I, I don't, um, I don't hate that I have diabetes. Like that's not, um, it's not one thing that I really hate. I feel like it, it did, it helps me grow and think about things differently than other people do. Um, you know, I would probably be way worse off if I didn't have diabetes in, in some ways to be very honest. And, um, you know, and I, I like the way that Jamie thinks that I always am positive, but there's definitely like, there's, there's times that really sucks and you're just yeah. like, this blows. <laughs> Um, but, and then, you know, like, and believe me, I'm not the easiest person to live around too. I can be, a, I can be an ass. Oh, uh, sorry. I can't curse on here either. I probably, <laughs> Listen, I so, gotta be honest, but, you know, I gotta be honest with you. You started in Jersey and ended up in Boston. I'm figuring there's going to be a lot of bleeps in this just so you know. <laughs> uh, but so, you know, so, so I think, you know, again, you do fake it at times, like there's no doubt about it and you have to, but um, overall, like, I don't know, my experience with diabetes is. I think different than some people, but really on point with a lot of others. Yeah. Can you give me an example of how your life's better with diabetes? Just in the way like of, you know, thought processes and like, you know, do I really want to eat this entire pizza? Yeah. I know that that's, you know, you know, some nights after, you know, uh, a longer night for whatever reasons. Yeah. That might be a great idea, but I I know my sugar is going to be 600 by the, you know, in the middle of the night because just of all the fat and whatever else. So like, it just, it, it just helps me out. Well, maybe I only need three pieces, but then again, like there's other days that I eat seven pieces and I'm like, I'm going to try my best, you know, I'm bolusing like, you know, you know, balls to the wall and just trying to get as much as I can in there and, uh, you know, trying to do it because it is uh, like I am, I'm normal. Um, But I think, you know, in regards of like healthy eating and, um, you know, trying to just, you know, make decisions for, you know, and I'm a social worker as well. So it just, it really helped my career of like wanting to impact other people in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh. 
an expected answer, honestly, and, and how I find it here too, is it just gives you perspective. You don't, you know, it, it's like you're leveling up on perspective as you're starting life. And I have to say, I am, it's December 15th for context. I think I'm in my one, two, three, four, fifth day of wearing a CGM right now. And I've lost five and a half pounds for the exact, for the exact reason of what you just said is that I, I made this, I said to people, look, I'm going to put my blood sugar online so you can see how a healthy pancreas, a working pancreas handles food. Right. And then we're going to move on. And, um, my wife's going to do it next who probably has a little pre-diabetes. So you're going to get to see that. And then we're going to have some type ones come on and do it. And people are going to get to watch other people's blood sugars and see how they bolus and stuff like that. So part of it is I have to log my food so that people know, Hey, he went up here and Oh, here's the meal. Right. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. And hopefully it's, when people hear this, it's still going on on the site. It's juiceboxpodcast.com forward slash CGM live. But no, we thought it was really cool. And we, we looked at it. I was actually surprised about your cereal one that you did, your cereal challenge that it didn't go up more than it did. So I, I don't know. Too. I have to be honest. I was too, because I, I took two different sugary cereals, mixed them together, had a serving <laughs> of each of them. And I drank that horrible milk at the end with all the sugar in it. I just was so nauseated when it was over. I'm like, I'm just doing this for the podcast. <laughs> I just, <laughs> but um, the process of having to log the food has made me skip over a number of different things I thought to pick up because I, because just not because I was like, I don't want anybody to see, but because I was like, well, I don't want to like bastardize this, like let my system clear out. I'll put something else in. So I'm obviously snacking at odd times of the day that I don't imagine that I am because like I said, the weight and I, and I'm not eating well, I'm trying to tax my system. I mean, I haven't had a bowl of cereal in years and, um, I ate so much candy yesterday. I got nauseous. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, Oh my God. I had like a feeling for when Arden says to me, I can't eat anything else. And I'm like, you have to drink this or you're going to die. And she's like, well then it's my time because I can't drink any more juice. I had that yesterday. I was like, let me just take more candy right here to see what happens at this time of night. And I took in maybe like 40 carbs. It was probably mostly sugar. And I just was nauseated afterwards. It was it was like way too much for me. Um, anyway, but it looks like your pancreas is working pretty well. Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. And I'm almost fifty, so I figure it's only got to really. I look. I know how I feel. It's probably only going to make it like fifteen more years, so I'm probably going to be okay. Um, for today, I can't lift my shoulder up for some reason, so I'm pretty uh pretty aware of my age today. To be. It makes me look at it, too, just to be like, well, you know, if this is what it, it, it's a really good, like, visual to get people to see, like, this is how a real pancreas is working. I really need to work. Like, I was talking to Jamie. I mean, my targets are between, you know, 70, 75 and 140. And I was just like, I really need to bring those down a little bit more to really get in that range. And she's like, don't be, don't be an asshole. Like, like you know, like, but like, you know, that's, you know, I try to, you know, I don't know. It just, it, it really, it makes you want to get a a better better readings for for so, my yeah, to be fair, can i just i didn't say don't be an asshole i just said like you just moved it down like two or three times which is great and his range his it's been great his shoulders have been great he feels great and i if he wanted to go lower of course i would support him i just sometimes he does it all at once and i'm like maybe just go like a little bit lower and then a little bit lower you know what i'm saying jamie if only boys were girls then every girl could be happy <laughs> Well, and I wasn't saying it in a negative way either, because it, it, she's absolutely right. I don't know what you like, because if I do that, like, believe me, I will I will bottom out more than I do already. So I, I 100 percent support what she says. It's 100 percent right. I just think of it as um, 
they're indicators to me. So I like to know when Arden goes under 70, um, and I like to know when she goes over 120. But on hers, I think we have it set at 70 and 130. Because if she should rise up over 120 a little bit, and we try to bump it back down again, she doesn't need to be alarmed to know that her blood sugar is 126 leveling out and coming back to 119. You, right. you know, like, that's not necessary. So there's a way to manage it. But I think knowing... I think the biggest mistake that people make is setting a high alarm so high that it doesn't go off. It completely takes away the value of a Dexcom, of being yeah. able to readdress an insulin mistake before it becomes a problem. That's all. Yeah. And so we also- Also, could you shut those kids up, please? It. Sorry, yes. go ahead. Can you shut those kids up, please? Oh, God. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to shut the door. <laughs> I don't know what you got to do or if you've got a closet that's on the other side of the house or something like that, but they need to get into it. <laughs> okay. We're making a podcast here. There's important yeah. things happening. No, thank you very okay. much. I was just, it's better at all. No, no, yeah, it was, I, I, you know, I was kidding, right? Mostly. You didn't kill them or anything weird. No. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then in a strange turn of events, the mother killed the daughter who oh she was on the podcast talking about. That's the power of podcasting people. She wanted her to be quiet so long. Later, very regretful over the whole thing. Um, it's like a little bit dark. She's been locked in it. Don't worry. They lock you in an asylum. You don't have to go to prison. It's fine. <laughs> no, of course not, Jamie. Um, that drove I, me to this. <laughs> who, which one of your ideas, which one of you had the idea to do this, by the way? So, I don't, I, me, probably. Oh, this is I your like, fault, then. Leave me out of it. Let this yeah. <laughs> I started listening to it first and I kept telling Ryan, like, you're really going to like it. Like, he's he's not like a bullshit. This is going to be like, you know. And then one day he came back from the grocery store and was like, that was it. And then he started, like, listening obsessively. And then I was like, I'm going to get us on this show. And then he went and did it. So I don't know. It was a collective effort, but we just really wanted to be on it. That's excellent. <laughs> Ryan, you listened while you're grocery shopping? I do. I literally, what would you talk about? I can't remember which one it was. It might have been your uh, the um, the diagnosis story that you were uh, talking about, and I was literally crying in the middle of the grocery store, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can't do this anymore," you know. So that's. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I listen when I go grocery shopping sometimes. I'm gonna wait like months, and I'm gonna stop in the middle of an episode somewhere and just insert my voice going, Ryan. It's me, Scott. Are you in the grocery store crying again? <laughs> I could be. Doing, doing simple, mean shout outs to listeners as a, a way to uh, uh, add fun to the podcast. Now, I'm sorry. I make a lot of people cry. I feel bad about that. Uh, usually I say I make a lot of ladies on the internet cry, but apparently it's ladies and you, Ryan. So um, <laughs> I got to be in that category i get filled up a lot while people when people come on the podcast sometimes i don't say it but sometimes people are talking and it's hard not to become emotional you know with what's going on in their lives um anyway so jamie um last year it sounds like you diagnosed your daughter in five seconds so was, it's like, well first of all we were on vacation you're always um, on vacation of course yeah and Honestly, we probably would have gone that first night, but because of like the circumstances, we really couldn't tell. And then, it, so what happened was we, it was like a, a heat wave. So we went, we got somewhere, we've been traveling kind of for a few hours. Um, and it was like really, really, really hot, like an actual heat wave. And that night she had like a minor accident, which 
literally since she was potty trained, she's never wet the bed ever. Mm -hmm. So we thought it was really weird, but we had also all been drinking gallons of water and we were in a new place. So I was like, I don't know. Right. You know, we sort of was like, well, let's just see. And then the next night it happened again. Um, and she was like, I'm so thirsty. And literally the next morning we checked her sugar. We went to the doctor. Did you guys talk about it after she said she was so thirsty? Did you go into another room and do that parent thing? Yes. Yeah. Who said it first? Do you remember like who uttered the words? Maybe she has diabetes. I might have. I don't. I, I don't know. Honestly, it probably was both. Like I think we were on the same page. Like, I think we both knew that minute. Isn't that a we term? literally like just gave like a look. It was like a look, and we were like in the bed. And we we're just like, mm, and I just like pulled out my tester and tested her there. So yeah. no, we let her sleep that night, but we did it in the morning. And you know the other weird <laughs> thing is that summer, um, I had had I had, she was sick a couple weeks before, like a week or two before. I had brought her to the doctor to make sure she was okay to go to on vacation because she just had like a a virus that and I was like she seemed really tired that's the only other thing that I saw with her is she was really tired like she was napping more than she ever had and um so I brought her to the doctor and they had run her we had had them running her a1c anyway they ran it in September so we had blood work done um and everything else was fine but that was like sort of the only other symptom that we saw and then that happened and we just went the next day you, you're talking to you is cementing in my heart that I think it's bad for me to bring Kelly on the podcast because Ryan just said something and you just ran him. You were like, no, wrong. You got that wrong. wrong. I know, but that's not, I don't need that on the podcast. I don't need Kelly telling me I'm wrong about stuff. Like, well, you are know, you sometimes? Well, I, I don't know. It's my best <laughs> recollection. You, you know, like, like my fear is, is that I've said something, you know, like in the past where I'm like, I tell you guys like, yeah, then on Wednesday and she's going to come on and be like, that was Tuesday. You're an idiot. And then everybody's going to be like, that guy is an idiot. Why am I listening to him? And then that's it. Then my podcast is over. I can't, people cannot see me as a husband. It's not good. It's a bad look for men. <laughs> Just, it really, it's a bad look for anybody. Like it's a pretty good look. I feel like it's a pretty good well, yeah, look. Ryan, I need, to be, put, I need to be put in check. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Ryan, you have to stay in that house when we're done talking. Kelly can't hear me right now, which is the <laughs> only difference between your response and my response, by the way. <laughs> But no, but ser- seriously, um, I, I know. Listen, I, what I really wanted to say was it's interesting how in those moments your memories get conflated. And it's, it always makes me think, I wonder when people are talking, like how much of it are they really, is it just how they remember it or if it's really how it happened? I think, and I always think it's close enough that it doesn't matter. Like if Ryan's version or your version doesn't change the events as they move forward, you know what I mean? Um, Well, so I could be, you know what? And I'm happily, like I admit when I'm wrong, not always like easily, but I I could be (laughs) wrong, but I'm pretty sure that we were like, you know what? We're going to check her in the morning. There's there's nothing that we would do differently right now. Did we? Maybe you're right. Maybe we did check her. But we checked her in the morning, called the doctor, and left, basically. My wife says that she admits when she's wrong. And then I ask her when the last time she was wrong. And she says it hasn't happened yet. But I will admit it when I'm wrong. So <laughs> I don't know. Meanwhile, it doesn't matter. Like, that's my greater point is that yeah, the, the way it happened is fascinating to me. Like, that's where I think that it becomes less important um, right. the, 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 like the granular details. I always think of, um, I used to work for my uncle when I was a kid and one day, you know, you've got like this 15 minute coffee break in the morning, you're breaking yourself in this horrible heat. I used to work in a sheet metal shop and you know, you, you just be collapsed somewhere trying to like get enough energy to get to lunch. 
and he'd come out and start telling a story. And it was like, I'll never forget back in 1950, was it 58 or 59 and you're just sitting there going why would it matter if it's 58 or 59 <laughs> like just get to it and then um and then we oh i do remember because we had that red ford pickup truck and was it blue and you're just like come on man like there's an art to this you know and uh these little details and then at the end it's about a dog that gets hit by a, a bus and you're like well what did that have to do with the truck <laughs> so anyway i see storytelling as it's important. Like the story is important. Sometimes the right. granular That's details true. aren't as much. Anyway, we've gotten sidetracked with my fear of having Kelly on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I I think you should have her on. And like as a viewer, not just like as a wife who's, you know, running Ryan over repeatedly on this podcast. But like <laughs> it is nice to hear both perspectives, especially since it, you are always the one sort of dispensing. It's, it's like just sort of nice to see how teams work basically as far like I don't know. I've really enjoyed that aspect of your of your podcast. Yeah. We're more of like a team, like the way an owner yeah. of a football team is involved in the team. <laughs> 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 like they pay for everything and then once in a while I go, Hey, why are you doing that? <laughs> no, Kelly knows Kelly knows what she's doing up to of a course. point. And I think that if I drop this in her lap, um, that she'd figure the rest out. She actually joked the other day, she's like, Oh, you can't die because then I'll have to listen to that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's good, you know, and she's like, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, but no, she will be on at some point. Actually, we just got a microphone so that Arden can be on. We're going to do Arden first and then awesome. we'll see where Kelly goes. Maybe you'll have to wait till 2022 for Kelly. Uh, I got to tease this along a little bit, you know. Um, anyway, so, okay, so we figure out that she has diabetes. She basically has like the equivalent of like, you know, she like you missed the bolus by three units because her blood sugar is not even that high. Um, Ryan goes right into, I know what I'm doing mode. You do who takes the lead. I'm so interested in who jumped ahead. Gvoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre-mixed auto-injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages two and above. Not only is Gvoke Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk. Let me just type this in here. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. I'm here. I'm on the magic website that allows you to know everything you need to know about the greatest blood glucose meter that I've ever personally touched, held, or used. The Contour Next One blood glucose meter. Go to contournext.com forward slash juice box, and there you will find a number of things. Want to know about them? Okay. Well, look up at the top. There's all kinds of words at the top of the screen. It's a really kind of great website. I, I know I say that a lot, but I'm every time I look at it, I'm astonished at how well put together it is. There's um, a link here that says meters and strip savings. Click on that, and you'll be able to see. Is it possible I'm going to get a free Contour Next One meter? Maybe. Is it possible that I can save on test trips? Maybe. 
is it possible that the meter and the strips may cost less cash than they do through insurance? Maybe. Is it possible that this is going to be the greatest little blood glucose meter you've ever seen in your life? Uh, I can't say 100%, but I'm going to say yes, I think so. My opinion, you're going to be like, wow, look at that thing. Small, easy to hold, easy to handle, bright light, easy to read screen, test strips that are just the bomb. Are you kidding me? Give it a shot. Why don't we think more about our blood glucose meters? We think about everything else. Am I got the best this? Do I have the best that? Is this insulin right? Am I going? Blah, 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 blah. But then some doctor pulls a meter out of a drawer and goes, hey, here's a blood glucose meter. You go, oh, thanks. Never think about that part. I don't know why that is. But you should. And you can. Contournext.com forward slash juicebox. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. Go take a look. Again, I, it was really like a team effort. Like, so at that time, our youngest had just turned one and we were, it was our second day on vacation. We, we didn't really even know where we were. Um, so we called our pediatrician, but so where we were, we were two hours from like our home area and two hours from Boston. And so either way, it didn't really matter. We ended up going to Boston, um, I don't know. We just called our doctor and we're like, we're pretty sure she has type one. What do you, do you have any suggestions? I don't even remember what our pediatrician do, did, but like Ryan called Jocelyn and we just went there and they got us in like right away. They were amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. No, our primary doctor told us to go to the hospital. Yeah. The and hospital. I said, and I said, <laughs> I said, no, we don't need to go to the hospital. Yeah. And then she, the, her sugar's at 200 or whatever else. And I was like, I don't think it's that big of a deal, but I understand we need to get it treated. So I was just like, all right, well, I'm going to call Jocelyn and do that. And I called them and they were like literally fantastic. And they were great. yeah, with, I went in there and it was like, it was, it, it was fantastic. The doctor there just, you know, who's, who's our endocrinologist now, who I would recommend to anybody. Um, it really kind of just got the ball rolling. They did all the tests, they did everything. And it was literally within a day and we're, you know, we're out there giving our shots in the, in, in the community, which for most people and even myself being a type one was yeah. like, still like traumatic. And I remember we had to like go downstairs to a restaurant to go get food in the afternoon or when we were leaving at like yeah. six o'clock. And I was like, Oh my God, what are we going to do? Like, it was like, so like stressful and like, just being like, this is all new. Like I'm used to doing it to myself and it, but it, doing it to your kid is completely different. Yeah. I remember yeah. giving Arden insulin in the cafeteria of the hospital before we left because we were too afraid to get in the car and drive without food in her. That, yeah. yeah. And that was the first time outside of the hospital room that anybody had given her insulin. And it was, uh, was not a pleasant moment. I I'm wondering, do you recall, or can you come to a consensus on, <laughs> 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 who, you see why i don't do this that often who um who told her did you let the doctor tell her or did you tell her we're going to the hot to the doctor because we think you have diabetes like how did you handle that whole moment um do you want me to go yeah go ahead i'm pretty sure we talked about it on the way up and um because we had checked her sugar a couple times and we told her about it once we had decided what to do which was go to Jocelyn. Um, we talked about it on the way up and said, you know, we just have to go talk to doctors and do some blood work because you might have what daddy has and we just need to, to take care of your body. So 
we're going to learn what happened, what, what it is or what the deal is when we get there and, and you can handle it and you're brave. And that was sort of how we spun it. And was she just like right on or was she like, did you have to stop her from crawling out of the window of the car the whole way? Like what was her she reaction? Was fine in the car. Yeah. Um, obviously the first day there was kind of like doing her first injections was, you know, I'm sure anyone who's been in our position and your position knows that it was at those first few days of, of going from not being a diabetic to having diabetes is for a little kid. It's hard. It was hard, hmm. but she's so resilient and so amazing. And we, we didn't leave our vacation. We went home, we went back that night and then we went back to, um, Jocelyn the next day. So we had two days in Boston to just kind of get everything rolling and get our information and prescriptions and all that stuff. And, we finished our vacation and then we went home. Does Ryan having type one, do you guys feel like that's made it easier for her? Um, I think she, it's not, it wasn't as like completely unfamiliar. I guess that would be my, you know, I've, I've from the beginning, we've tried to be really open as far as like, you know, if Ryan needs something for his sugar, like daddy's sugar is low. He just needs a few minutes to to take care of his body. And, you know, she's seen him test his sugar and all that since she was a baby. So I think it wasn't as foreign. Um, what do you think, Ray? Yeah, no, I think the same thing. I don't, I don't know if it was easier or anything else, but um, she's also like a, she's a really good kid in the sense of like that she not that's like the worst way to put it but she's a good kid but it's like like she's like like Flexible. she she goes with the flow like yeah. she's she's really easy about things so i think that you know in the beginning of it it, it was really really hard getting getting pumps on used to be like a could do that um the damn clicking that the omnipod does like it's just like it's like like those things like really like you know frustrated me at first and then like within like six months though i mean we you know you know she she gets her tablet when she gets her gets her pod on and she's you know she goes right through it we did her sensor in her pod today you know jamie just did it for her and it's like it's like nothing you know it's not it's not a big deal for her right now it's excellent that's very cool um all right this is good I'm, I'm, I, do you feel like I'm getting through this okay? It's different managing two different voices, but I feel like I'm all right. It, are you like sitting here going, when am I going to get to say the really important stuff? Are you having that feeling? Not at all. Okay, good, good. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I can't let you guys down, you know, uh, after you jammed your way onto the podcast. It sounds like you were at home, like hatching a plan. Like, I'll send an email. He'll go for it. It'll be okay. Uh, Ryan, Ryan, I need I to. I thought I would, and he just did it on his own. So I don't know. It oh, Brian, look at your free will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By the way, earlier, Ryan, uh, Jamie said something and you went, I agree with her. And I was like, oh, that was nice. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't call you out in the moment, but I was like, that was interesting. He's like, she's right. <laughs> she is. Like, to be honest, she is. Yeah. I see. Ryan's hoping to have one more baby. Um, let's see. Uh, it's, a, it's a hard no for us. <laughs> the hard no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I got to agree. The kids are like, they're still here. Like, you know, Cole's in his room, you know, as a junior in college. And I'm like, oh my God, get out. Get out. <laughs> like, it's cool that you're here, but I, you know what? It's, I have to say, while he's going to school, having, having a kid going to college, you know, from home, which was not what we were accustomed to, obviously with Corona and everything. And um, that part sucks because you get to see all the like stress that, yeah. that college brings and he's like living through it and everything like i would say that just the other day it's been like two weeks since he took his finals i think he's just starting to relax from the semester 
And I, I think he really, he hated it. He's like, it, he's like, there was so much wrong with doing it this way. Um, yeah. But I, I, you know, I, I, jo- I, I, I'm joking, but I would, uh, I am one of those like people, like if he lived here his whole life, I'd be like, oh, well, sure. He's kind of lame, but it's nice that he's here. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much a, you know, I'm a pretty much a, I'll just bleep this out later. I'm pretty much like a big like Ryan. So I would just be like, you know, like, oh, the kids. <laughs> I, I definitely have to bleep that out, uh, but um, but like uh, the kids are here, and I love the kids here. So um, uh, anyway, Ryan, I was wondering if you could give me pr- some perspective. This is be helpful to me um, that you're a type one who likes a podcast about type one made by a guy who doesn't have type one. How do you intersect with all that? Well, you know what? I was actually I was thinking it because it really. Um, but a lot of the things that you say and that you discuss and everything else, it's it really is a lot, you know, like I think on a lot of different ways, which I think is pretty crazy that you're able to do that. And the way that you, you know, the way that, you know, when when I started listening to it and, you know, Jamie's like, oh, yeah, he talks about being bold with insulin. And I'm just like, I'm like, oh, that's a cheesy thing to say. But I, but no, I'm sorry. You should probably leave that out, too, Scott. Um, but no, it, um, it is a cheesy thing to say. And by the way, it didn't even start out as a to give you and I don't want to cut you off. It was the title of an episode. And then people started like it popped up as a hashtag. And after I saw it a couple of times, I was like. Those words couldn't have gone together before I put them together very recently. That would be odd. And I started backtracking. It was just like, that's what people took from episode 11 of the podcast, that they should be bold. And I was like, all right. And I kind of like you, I was a little like, geez, that seems like a t-shirt. That's not what I was going for, you know, but then I leaned into it. I was like, if this is what people are, are, are reacting to, then why would I take that from them? So. No, I hear you. And I, I a hundred percent agree. And then again, I started listening to it and like, um, you know, the way that you, that you manage the blood sugars and the way that you looked at things and the way that you were, you know, kind of looking at the graphs and, and doing that kind of stuff. It really was, I was really amazed by you that you were able to take all that information in, put it into somebody else, because you don't even know how Arden's feeling. You don't, you know, you don't, you don't have all that kind of concept of like what the actual body's doing and all that kind of stuff. But you're making it work. And I think you're, you know, the overall goal of being, you know, being healthier for a longer period of time by being bold is, is, is a hundred percent the idea of diet of type one diabetes. And that's what needs to be broadcasted out there. So that's how I intersected with it and how I thought, but as a, you know, as a type one, I mean, I just, I think a lot of the stories and a lot of the people that you bring on and stuff like that are, they're just really interesting. And it's nice for me um, I don't have a lot of, I don't, I don't have, I don't have anybody who has type one that I'm like really personally connected to or anything like that. So it really, um, it, it's nice to hear about other people and what they're doing. Oh, that's cool. I'm, I'm, I appreciate you sharing that with me because it's, 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 um, hard for me sometimes because I don't get a lot of feedback. Like this is just my assumption of what would be valuable to people. So, um, but I did like the part where you basically called me brilliant for figuring out diabetes without having it. So I let you talk. <laughs> this, like, yeah, this, is, this is good. I'm like, um, I'm like an idiot savant of diabetes, basically. So <laughs> I, and I'll tell you, it, it's completely motivated by Arden and she'll yeah. probably never realize, um, or maybe it'll take her years to figure out that my concern for her is helping her and so many other people. Like, I don't know if she'll ever realize how many people she's helping, 
Do you you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know if she'll ever figure that out or not, or if it just won't occur to her that way. Um, In in the exact same way is that, you know, a person who listens to this podcast is an editor at Newsweek, right? And Mm -hmm. therefore, I can say this now because it won't come out then. Um, One of the, there's going to be a, um, well, you guys are like the only ones that know this. Don't tell anybody this, please. Um, So there's going to be a cover story on Newsweek, I think at the beginning of the year of like technology that's coming in 2021. And the Omnipod 5 is part of it, <clears throat> which is a big deal for them. And, and you know, would be a big deal for any company who would get on, you know, in a situation like that. The way that happens is a person who listens to the podcast um, says, well, I think this is one of the things that I'm really excited about. They happen to be in an editorial position, you know, to, to give some some opinions at Newsweek. That person contacts me. I put them in contact with somebody at Omnipod who says, sure, that would be great. You know, here's some here's the information you need that you're asking questions about. And it ends up there. And after all that's kind of happened behind the scenes and before the magazines come out, the person from Omnipod sent me a note and said, hey, I really appreciate you, um, you know, making this introduction for us. And it was the person thanking me. The person thanking me was the person who bought ads on this podcast before anyone was listening to it. And I told her, I said, I don't forget people who have had my back. And if you can believe it or not, that before this podcast began, it started on a phone call where Omnipod, I used to write for their blog, and they were contacting me to see what I was interested in writing for the upcoming year. And I kind of had the nerve in that meeting to say, I don't want to write for your blog anymore. Please take the money you give me for writing and buy ads on my podcast with it instead. And that'll be enough money for me to get this off the ground. And my goal is I want to help people. And I think if I help people, that'll be valuable for you because it'll be, you know, brought to you by Omnipod. Like, you know, you'll get a little bright sunshine from it. And all these years later, that still did something positive for Omnipod. This one nice thing this one person did coming up on like eight years ago, you you know, um, and now you're going to pick up a Newsweek magazine and turn to a page inside, and they're going to talk about the Omnipod. And I just think of Arden in the same way. Like, I wonder if Arden will ever realize that 10 years from now, some kid's going to get diagnosed with diabetes, their A1C is never really going to come out of the sixes, and they're going to live a completely different life than they would have if Arden didn't let me talk about her diabetes on a podcast and to go back further if a lovely woman at Omnipod wouldn't have said, yeah, give him the money and let's see what he can do with it. So um, yeah. there's a lot of people that touch this, you know? Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to read it. Well, I ho- well, hopefully it'll be a great story. Um, but yeah. Actually, oh, you go ahead. Sorry. No, I didn't mean to talk that much. I was what I was going to no, say. No, it's okay. Um, so we can't really talk about it, but you probably would like to know that we are doing the Horizon study. Well, well, well. <laughs> so, yeah, we're not really, because we're still actively participating. It's mm-hmm. not something we we're allowed to really talk about yet, but we'd be happy to uh, when we can. Cool. Um, yeah. Let me know when that's okay. okay. But not Ryan. We don't need him. And so, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Ryan, are you seeing things in the Omnipod Horizon study that are making you interested um, in, uh, are you, or are you using an algorithm with tandem right now? I use the tandem. You, are, are you using control IQ? Yeah. And how's that working for you? Fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, tell me. it's not, you know, none of them, you know, they're not a hundred percent, you know, in any sense. So, you know, you're not going <clears> to, 
I feel like people have this idea of like, oh, I just, I don't even need the bolus anymore. I just need to, you know, just you know, the pump's just going to do it for me. Like that's, I just heard people like talk like that. It, it's not like that at all, but it definitely like overnights are like so fantastic. You know, they've, mm-hmm. um, they make it so much easier by doing that. It's, it's really, um, I don't know. It, it, it's a really good system. That's excellent. I may have messed up the Omnipod study a little bit because a parent of a child who is in the study found the podcast as they were getting into the study. So they wanted to make all these aggressive moves with insulin. And the study coordinators were like, Hey, could you leave it alone? And she's like, no. (laughs) So she, so she kept like turning knobs and got real like stability. It was, it was, hopefully they learned something from it from. Oh, believe me, believe I, there's nothing that would not make me turn knobs if that makes sense. But yeah, yeah, it's a, there's no, uh, there's no doubt about it. Like I, you, you have to, you, you control things, you know what I mean? You still, you still have to, to do what you need to do to make it happen. I I took it as like a real parental love thing. Like she, she found something and it said to her, if you just do this, this stable blood sugar that you're seeing at one, whatever is going to come down. And she just didn't have the heart not to do it. Like even, you know, for science or for anything else, she was like, look, you can recalibrate, you know, what you're seeing from us after we make these setting changes, but I'm not, I'm not going to leave my kid's blood sugar like this. And it all worked out. Like she was, she stayed in the study. It, it, you know, it was fine. Um, But it was interesting because she had to fight a little bit. She's really tough. I I remember talking to her and she was, uh, she was definitely, you could see what, uh, where the phrase mother, a mother's love comes from. Uh, But Brian, to your point, I think this has been the interpretation from people who don't have an insulin pump forever. Like, oh, I'm going to get the pump. The pump will come and then everything will just be automated and easy and I won't have to do anything anymore. That's always what people think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, listen, Arden's uh, been looping for like a year and a half now and uh, algorithm-based pumping, in my opinion, is is the way forward for now, unless they come up with something better. It's It's markedly better than anything I've ever been able to do on my own. Not that we couldn't get this. We were getting the same results um, the other way, you know, the way that I talk about on the podcast, but it's less work and overnights. You're hundred percent right. Are just kind of magical. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's then uh, that's a, that, that's like a huge relief for, I think any parent of a child with type one. I mean, it's, the overnights were always stressful when we first started with everything. But again, we were lucky enough, like, to be honest, like Ellie's been lucky enough to have the CGM like, pretty much this whole time. So it makes it, it, it makes things so much easier. And I was totally against CGMs for a long period of time because of how much they like sucked for a period of, for a while. Um, but you know, there's no, there's no way around it now. Oh, the, yeah. The, the leap from, Dexcom, what was it? G Dexcom seven, seven. Plus. I never had a Dexcom until re- until like the last two years. I was all because I was on the mini med pump, oh. so I always had to use their crappy ass sensors, um, and that was that was always just like them. it was so awful. I I hated them so much. <laughs> it's not my okay. fault, Medtronic, that people don't like your stuff. Go ahead. Uh, what was that, James? <laughs> Sorry, no, I was gonna say, but like Ryan, to the point of the Dexcom, like. As you know, overnights as a parent, obviously, like those are really great, but they're also really great as like a spouse. Like, I feel like Ryan's overnight lows are like almost, I don't know, 
non not non-existent obviously but they're so much better and I feel like Ryan you you should speak on this but like I feel like your feeling your lows has improved drastically since you got on the depth run. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. No doubt. I mean, I, I've, I felt my control has been uh, so much better. Taking your variability away, you're not bouncing around as much. No, I think my, you know, my, the variability is like about like a, it's about like a 30, 35 is usually about the standard deviation on things. Um, you know, and my, my A1Cs are like about like, you know, 5.5, 5.6 right now. And they've been that way for the last, you know, year or so, year and a half. So, um, and I never really was above, I was never really above like a 6.3 really overall, but bringing it down that much more has just been, and I, I couldn't have done it without the Dexcom. Like, to be honest with you, it's, it's, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's the definitely the best thing that I've done in my diabetes I thought it was interesting that when it came up, you talked about it as a perspective of a parent, Ryan, and then Jamie felt like cause I was going <laughs> to I was going to say, um, you know, because you talked about overnights for parents. I was like, you can't forget about adults who oh. have, you know, who lose sleep and sit up and, you know, have to mess with a blood sugar till four in the morning, then get up at 630 and go to work, you know, mm-hmm. or get up at 630 and be a parent. And then I was like, well, I can't tell him not to forget he has diabetes. And I was like, I wonder how I can get back into this conversation. Jamie, you just did it. So thank you very much. That was excellent. Um, you can always tell me that's okay. It's completely fine. I, I forget things all the time. But it's a uh, but again, like if it's yourself, like you don't think about it. Like I don't, I think about it more for her, you know, I'm worried about her. It's it's not like with me, like I'm so used to dealing with that stuff. It's like not, I don't know. It's, no. it's a part of, it's a part of life. Oh no, you know? the way you answered it is not unexpected because, you know, people always worry about the people they love more than they do about themselves. But I think it's interesting because you're talking about a low six to a mid five. You would think that's not a big deal. Like a low six is probably like a 120 average blood sugar, like right in there. And a mid five is more like a, it's all, it's still really more like a 90, maybe like a 90, 95 blood sugar. You know what I'm saying this as I have this amazing calculator that somebody bought, uh, somebody built for the podcast that I could just pull up instead of acting like there's no way to know. Um, so what I'll do is click on A1C and type 5.5. Can I can I also tell you something? Is that when we were when we we started this study, mm-hmm. they were it was um it was very interesting because they took they took Ellie's A one C and she was at I think it was a five point four, and I was just like mm, I don't know if they're gonna accept her into this study because uh, I feel like that's pretty pretty on point with things and she was only she was in a, like low less than one percent you know so I mean it, it felt really good to have that. Can you tell me if the study's keeping her where she was? Yeah. What do you for the most part? So we're still in the study. Yep. No, but is her A1C staying similar? Uh, sim- you know, so it's, it's about, I, I don't know. I don't know how much we, they can say about it, but I mean, yeah. her A1C, her last A1C was, was, um, I think it's like five point, I think it was 5.6, maybe 5.5.6. Nice. I think it was. That's excellent. Well, here we are. 5.5 A1C is an average blood sugar of 111 or 6.2. If you're in Australia and other places. Um, so to get to, uh, <laughs> 6.5 is actually an average of 140 to 7.8. So Ryan, had you been a 6.5 and then gone to a 5.5, you took, you took almost 30 points out of your blood sugar on average. And that's amazing. You know what I mean? Like that's for your health. That's a huge thing. It really, it's just fantastic. I, I agree with you. I don't know, um, 
Well, it's not fair to say I don't know. I do know how good I'd be at diabetes without a CGM and how good I was uh, with and without it. I'm definitely better with it uh, for certain. And all the things that you earlier said, like, I can't believe you figure that stuff out. It all came from looking at a Dexcom CGM, like looking at the data and seeing cause and effect that that to me was the it was just it was the biggest thing. Like I was like, oh, I did this here and this happened. I wonder what would happen if I slid it over, made it bigger, you know, a little more insulin, a little sooner. And then I just kept fiddling with it. And then one day I was like, oh, this is the spot. If you see me speak live somewhere, there'll be times I'll tell you um, about going to a doctor's appointment with Arden years ago as Dexcom was just coming out. And Arden's nurse practitioner asked us if we were getting one. I didn't, I had never heard of it before and I didn't know what it was. And then she told me this simple story of like this 18 year old boy in the practice who loves M&Ms, but can't figure out how to bolus for them. So he got a CGM and went out and bought like a grab bag, like a hand, you know, like a hand sized bag of M&Ms. He bought like a week's worth of them. And the first day he just bolused and his blood sugar did everything it usually does. So then the next day he gave himself more insulin and then he kept doing that for a couple of days. And then one day it made him low. Like he, he popped up for a second and I got low and then that made him start messing with the timing and she said by the end of the week, besides getting to eat a lot of M&Ms, he figured out where to put the insulin in, where it didn't spike, and he didn't get low later. And I was like, when she said that, I was like, well, if that kid can do it for M&Ms, I could do it for everything. And I was like, yeah, we'll, well, the, we'll take it. I think that's the greatest point is like that, like you think about that is like, I don't know how old that kid was, but like, like that is something that has made that kid grow and do something that, you know, most people who have diabetes, I don't know, don't even you know, don't even think about sometimes, you know what I mean? It's like, there's a kid doing that. Like, of course you can do it. Anybody can do it. One 18 year old motivated by wanting to have candy. And he, and he motivated, and the story of him motivated me to like, I was like, I wonder if I could just do that with every food. And then once I figured all the food out, then there must be similarities. And then, and that's how it works now. Like I have to tell you, you know, even though Arden's looping at this point, I still, like, I used to just look at a plate and go, seven units do seven units do oh pancakes oh my god do 15 you, you know like that kind of thing now i just look at it and i go what's that pancakes oh do 100 carbs it's the same thing it's just i i just you know th- i reverse the math in my head like instead of thinking of it in in units i think about it in carbs so that the loop will do the right thing um oh i do it definitely by the units as well yeah that, that that's all it, it makes i don't know it's easier for me but i agree it's the same thing back and forth no and 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 when something goes wrong like i messed up pancakes the other day i think it's why it's in my head and um it was there was not enough pre bowl like i used enough insulin had the pre bowl has been longer but because the pre bowls wasn't as long as it needed to be i should have added four units and by the way, that's not math for anybody. That's just what I know about Arden. Like, don't just think four units is the magic pancake fix because that's not how that works. Um, but as soon as I saw the arrow spin up, I, I just sent Arden a text. I was like, bowl is four more units, like now. And we opened the loop, bowl is four units, stopped the rise, brought it back down, closed the loop up, and started right over again. So it was uh, that, but that kind of stuff now, I don't even really have to think about. And, and I, I think everybody can get to that spot where it's not overwhelming your time. Like when I see like old school diabetes people who've been online sharing about their diabetes, you know, for decades upon decades, I sometimes feel badly because I think they got caught in a time where the sharing was about how hard it was and what went wrong. And that became their brand. And 
it still seems to be. Do you know what I mean? Like when I see somebody mm-hmm. with type one who's got who's had diabetes for thirty years, who's in their forties, going like, "Oh, I can't believe I'm bouncing all over the place today again. This makes me feel so sick." Blah blah. I'm like, "You really haven't figured this out yet." Like, like you know, like you could figure this out. Like you're almost willfully not figuring it out now, or you've just deluded yourself into believing it doesn't exist. Another life doesn't exist, but your blood sugar does not need to go from 50 to 300 to 60. Like it just, that doesn't have to happen. You know, you can, you can get on top of it a little better than that. And it's not unknowable. And sometimes they act like it is. Did you ever have time Ryan, where you were just like wildly out of sync with how to manage? Um, yes, a hundred percent. Um, but you wouldn't know what it looks like cause you didn't have a CGM, right? Mm, I had it with both. Go ahead. I, I had it both with, without a CGM and with a CGM. Um, again, I've gone through periods of, of different things and, you know, um, you know, I think like, you know, alcohol has a big thing to do with it, how you eat, where you're, you know, where your kind of motivation is. And again, when you're in your twenties, I think it's different. Um, you know, you're, you're, you know, you kind of feel invincible. You kind of feel like you're, you can do whatever. So I think that was part of, um, part of me. Um, so, um, yeah. And I just didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't, I felt like sometimes you feel like, you know, you feel like insulin is somewhat can be a burden and it's just like, I don't feel like dealing with that right now. And, you know, I know I'll be all right because I I got the basics down, right. You know, if I, I know I'm not going into like the thirties or whatever else, but I have, and I've done it overnight. And, you know, you've had to have, you know, Jamie's had to call an ambulance to say like, you know, wake them up, you know, and do that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's like, those are things that have, that have definitely happened to me. Um, And, but it's it's just something that you learn from and you can't look back on the past. You're just kind of going to go forward and really kind of, you know, dig into it. So I don't I think, know. I don't I think that answers your question. No, not. it does. And I, I think it's a big deal that you were able to do that, too, because like I said, I'm not I'm not calling anyone out. I've seen it in my personal life with friends and online. But there are times where if you've had diabetes for too long, you just get stuck in the idea that this is what it is and there's no fixing it. And you throw your hands up in the air. But you. I mean, you're, you're mid fives now, you, you know, that there's an, uh, another way too. Uh, that's really cool. Jamie, are you there? Yes. What was it like calling an ambulance for Ryan? I mean, it was really terrifying. What did you think uh, was happening? I, I'm sorry, go ahead. How did it feel like, what did you feel like was happening to him in the moment? You know, Ryan, I don't know, like. You can talk about it. Okay. okay. So I just want to respect your privacy. So there's, there was a few times, um, he had a seizure once and that twice, actually, those were really scary. So I've called the ambulance. I've also administered glucodrine, um, which is like really hard to do when your hands are shaking like crazy, yeah. but you know, it's sort of hard because, you know, I don't even know how to answer that question. It's terrifying because you don't want to make the call the wrong call. Right. So I know that it kind of sucks for him in the sense, like, you know, cause sometimes it takes a little bit and then you wake up and you can take care of it. But you know, those times, in my opinion, um, and whether he agreed with me or not, it doesn't, yeah, I don't know. I didn't always know. So, but I would rather him be safe. So, so do yeah, I hear they you? Were, they were terrifying, but we, they haven't happened in a long time. And I feel like his, his care in general has evolved like so greatly, um, as has our relationship and both of our understanding of, of diabetes together. Like it's, 
at the time I like, it was so hard and so scary and, you know, it's a little traumatizing, I think for both of us for a while, but I feel like we've learned so much and come so far that I can look on it now and not, and sort of be like grateful that we're on the other side and, um, yeah. No, I, I, listen, I've had, I've seen Arden have two seizures and it is, you know, it's horrifying. And I'm, yeah. I'm hearing from you that there's a, an extra added consideration back then, which is, is Ryan about to pop up awake and tell me I shouldn't have called 911? Is that like, like, it, like making the decision too soon? So you have to deal with that on top of everything else that's going on? Yeah, kind of. And I mean, I want to be clear, like it didn't, it mattered more to me to keep him safe and make possibly the wrong call. Yeah. Like, I think that's the better way to deal with it. Um, in this, these particular instances, but you know, anyone who has, I think in general, Ryan, I would say that like for a while, I just, he couldn't feel his lows like for a while. And I think that is like the greatest and best thing that has changed for him. Um, and so sometimes, and again, in our younger years, like, I think when you have a low blood sugar, you can be kind of confused and kind of like distrustful because you feel weird and yeah. So that could be like a really hard element of it, of always knowing, you know, how to trust your gut as far as like doing the right thing. Um, and I don't think that element even exists anymore. I feel like we sort of just know and trust each other and there's no, do you know what I mean, Ryan? Yeah, no, I think it's, yeah, no, I, it was just, again, I think it was just a different time and I think, um, yeah, I know. And, and, you know, again, like I feel bad about some of this stuff too, that I put it on to Jamie, like, you know, and, and that's like where I've always tried to, you know, you know, kind of keep it to myself to be like, no, I'm managing this. Nobody else has to do anything or whatever else, but it also kind of enlightened me as well is that, you know, I, I can use some help with things as well. So sure. that's really good. But you also did hear Scott on there that she told me that I evolved. That was pretty, that was pretty <laughs> yeah. impactful as well to me. I don't know. I, I mean, I heard it too. I thought a lot of insightful stuff got said in the last three minutes. I'm, I'm being serious in case I, I seriously think that was one of the, the best moments of the, of the podcast was what, what just got talked about there. Um, it, it, it it's a, very illuminating for other people listening and that you, you know, if you ever want to like really understand the, you know, the interplay of like a marriage of any kind, like Ryan doesn't want to put a problem on other people. Um, but he's, but if he gets low and doesn't realize it and can kind of become belligerent, he's putting a different problem on other people. But it's just that we all want to protect our loved ones so badly. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's what I heard is Ryan wanted to protect you from having to be responsible for him. And, and you know, sorry, I just, and I, I have always like pushed for and like want everyone, you know, I guess as a, as a partner and as a parent of someone who might someday want a partner, like I don't any, you like, Ryan you and anyone with type one like you are not a burden like your loved ones want to be there for you and help you and they would rather be able to help you on the front end than make you feel bad on the back end of of a low that went terribly wrong it's not you know it happens like you know I mean I just that was something that I always really really hoped that we all like we could understand and we do now and you know it's just none of no one is a burden with type one. And I just actually thought there was like this episode I listened. I don't listen to them in order because my kids are two and five. So the amount of time I get to listen is like very random. Yeah. Um, 
And so I started with like a lot of the technical episodes and then I sort of scattered depending on what my mood was. And I listened to, there was one of your after dark episodes when I heard a guy talking about his ex, like making him feel about wearing a device. Um, And I just was like so horrified. And I just, if a person with type one has someone who is not in their corner or like ever makes them feel bad about a single thing, like they're, those people are not for you. They're not your people. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. I I tell you that I think if my friend Mike would have adopted that attitude, he might still be alive actually. Cause I think he tried so hard to not show people his diabetes that he didn't take care of himself. So, um, I think it's great that Ryan, uh, did it and, uh, that you put like such very kind words to it for other people. If you have type one diabetes and you're around people who are making you feel bad about it, or you don't feel like you can share it, uh, you, those aren't your people. I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah. No, thank you for that. Yeah. That's great. I mean, it would have been better if those kids weren't making so much goddamn noise, Jamie, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just wanted to break. I just had to break up the seriousness. That's all. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I don't need future Ryan crying in the goddamn grocery store. <laughs> Are you crying now, Ryan? No, can I can I finish by asking you how you felt about hearing her say that? No, I mean it's 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 awesome, and I know that we've already. I mean, we've talked about this stuff, so it's not. It, this is nothing. This is nothing new for me, and I I you know I appreciate you know Jamie in every sense, and she's always been in my corner, and that's that's you know I I, I could only hope for that for somebody like that for for Ellie when she's when she's older. So you know that's that's all I can th- that's all I can say about it is really you know Jamie's always been there, you know, and she always will be. I have to tell you, talking to you guys makes me crystallize that my next. Uh, my next great trick needs to be to pass this to Arden. And I've always known that and been trying to do it very slowly, but I think we're getting to the point now she's 16 and a half. And I mean, she take, she, I just set her up to take her SATs yesterday and her ACTs. Like, I don't want her care to devolve because she goes away to college and I don't think it needs to. And I think there's a way to do it. And I think there's a way to do it and share it at the same time. I think it might be one of my uh, uh, um, maybe one of the gifts I can leave on this podcast is, is, is like an open conversation about how to do that so that so that, sure. you know, because you hear the adults that come on, they just say the same thing that they all say, like, you know, well, then there was college and then I pulled it together. Like, like, just like, well, you know, there were four years where I almost died a bunch of times, didn't really care about my blood sugar. And then I realized later that I shouldn't do that. I want, there's got to be a way to not do that. You know what I mean? In in a way yeah. that that kids can still go to college, you yes. know. So that's- well, I think there's like, and again, like I, my belief, and again, you know, Ellie's only five, so I don't, I don't know how we're gonna go about the next. Jesus, I don't know. You know, I don't know what we're gonna do tomorrow, but I, you know, uh, I don't know how we're gonna do the next, you know, ten years or so. But you know, my thoughts are just kind of educate her as much as possible on it, so that she feels comfortable with it. So if she feels comfortable, I feel like you know, and then building that trust with it as well. So that, you know, if, you know, she went to a party and she got drunk and her blood sugar is dropping, let, you know, it's okay that I call her and just be like, Hey, what's going on? Like, you know, your sugar is going really down or her friend picks up and just be like, Hey, you need to do this and, and, and make that be okay. That it's, that's something that, um, you know, that she feels comfortable to, to be able to reach out when she needs it. No. Yeah. We, you've got to, um, uh, you've got to, 
I have to, we all have to, right? Find a way to make their normal progression through that time when their brain doesn't work so well still still mean healthy uh, as far yeah. as their diabetes goes. And I think it's doable and I'm going to try to do it. So hopefully it'll work out and we'll talk about it here on the podcast over the next number of years. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's really insightful. All that was. You guys are terrific. Thank you very much for doing this. Thanks for letting us invite ourselves on your show. <laughs> no problem. See, for people listening, are like, I wonder how I get on that podcast. You just badger the guy and he lets you on. Uh, if he thinks you're sh- interesting. Oh, by the way, should we call this episode Ryan and Jamie say sh- a lot? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Jamie, where are you from originally? I'm assuming Boston, which is why you're there. Am I I'm wrong? sorry, what'd you say? Where are you from originally? Like, where are you from? Uh, I am from like New York and Connecticut, actually. Oh, okay. Okay. And, and Ryan's from Jersey and you guys just made it more towards Boston. Yes. Yeah. Cause neither of you sound like you're from there, but, no, you, but, but you sound like you live there in case you're wondering. What does that mean? You know what it's I mean? It's wicked cool. It's wicked cold up here. <laughs> I don't mean like that. Not like, not, not just sounds <laughs> like you. That's not even a good accent, right? <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't do I that. I can't anymore. even do it. I, you know, I got the Jersey thing going on, you know, I'm from South Jersey. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Ryan, you're, <laughs> Ryan, you're from Philadelphia, slightly East. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Exactly. Yeah. How, yeah. If you're down far enough, nobody thinks you're from New Jersey. Just so you know. <laughs> no, I believe me. I know. I'm from. I'm. I'm from like you know. We're from Pennsylvania. That's how people say it. You know. So or from nowhere. One or the other. You know. <laughs> <laughs> one of those in between places. Anyway, yep. you guys were seriously terrific. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you would like to? I just have one question, and I know you probably have to go. But no, no, I'm just – I just can't go on forever, Jamie. No, I know, but wouldn't it be fun? Um, So I know that Arden was, like, older, and you always didn't have a CGM. So I was kind of wondering, like, when did you start being bold? Because, like, we definitely try to be bold when we can, and, you know, hashtag bold with insulin. But, like, I also feel like with younger kids – I mean, I feel like you could do a whole episode just on, like, the variables with little kids. So, like, when did you sort of start? Well, I'm a and bad. Where me- did you start? You I'm, know what I mean? I'm a bad measuring stick because the technology didn't exist when Arden was yeah. younger. Um, I I managed Arden for a long time with syringes and a freestyle meter that was about two inches long. That's all I had. Yeah. Um, so the measuring stick, the best I can offer is the people who listen to the podcast, who I've had direct contact with, who have little children. Now, those people all seemingly have CGMs, but I'm watching people with infants and toddlers keep amazing blood sugars without frightening lows. So it, it, it all depends on how much the stuff that you hear on the podcast makes sense to you, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you don't just, you know what I mean? Like it, it, you don't put on three of the five lug nuts and take off just like this no. is enough. We'll be okay. Like when you, but when you really feel like you've got the car and it's dialed in and it can handle the speed, then you go out and see what it can do. Right. Yeah. And I think that's how people listening do. I, I, I get to look at people through the Facebook group and, and see their different situations. And I get to talk to people privately. Some people pick it up quicker, more quickly than others. Um, but I think that, I'm trying, I don't think, I am trying to hone the idea so that it's in people's minds, basal first, then figure out pre-bolusing, then figure out like glycemic load and index so that you can make good decisions about how much insulin different foods needs, 
then you need to learn how to correct blood sugars that get out of whack without getting low. Like there's, there's these steps that you can take that you could take at any age. And to say that basal first, whether you're a year old or 10 years old, that's just it right there. Nothing, in my opinion, nothing else works when the basal's wrong. And so it's basal first. Then you figure out, like, I, I had a lady send me a chart today, and it's she's like, I don't know what's wrong. My kid's almost no carbs. She's like 20 or 30 carbs a day. And I looked at it, and I was like, she doesn't pre-bolus her meals. It's just obvious. So I said, do you pre-bolus? She goes, well, when I can. I'm like, well, that's your problem. Like, I mean, your basil looks yeah. okay. Her basil's not great, but her pre-boluses are so bad, I can't tell what her basil needs. Like, so, you, you know, and so yeah. I think that, I mean, it's, it seems like self-serving, but I think it's 400 hours at this point, but you could sit down and listen to this podcast and come out the other side of it as good at this as I am. Yeah. Like, like I and, think that's what the podcast is for. Right. And we have, like, we've, we've taken a lot of, a lot of steps and her A1C is great. Like, and I think her, her management is really great. I just was kind of curious about like, I don't know. Ask me a direct question. I'll answer it. I don't think I have one, which is why it's not coming across very well. What's I was not- just kind of wondering when you started. Like, But I again, st- it's sort of hard to compare what we have now to what you were, were working me with. Now, you know I mean? Yeah, me now and me then are not the same person. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Um, me then is how you got me now. That's how bad I was at it. I was just terrible at it and didn't want it to be terrible. So I fi- so everything you hear me talking about now, like it's all like, just do this, or I did that. Like This is, this is me with a just a scat of t- of hindsight and focus and and paying attention. And now I'm just trying to put it out there so that this becomes the normal way people talk about diabetes so that everyone else doesn't have to be the terrible me. You know what I mean? Cause, because mm-hmm. before, diabetes management was this. Thrown to the wolves, yeah. sink or swim, the lucky survive. That's how it went. And that, that was just how doctors did it. And that's, it was all okay with everybody. And only the people who did well got to talk about it online and everybody else just put their head down. And that was it. I don't think that has to be that way for anybody. No. I, I think even if you don't have a CGM, getting your basal right is doable. You could test a lot for a couple of days and figure it out. And, you know, seeing things and reacting to them like in kids growth, or as an adult, like big changes in exercise or how much you're moving around during the day, like being aware of those things so that you don't spend three months going, I don't understand why my blood sugar is low. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like so that you, so it, like it happened to me recently. Like you're going to hear about it on an episode that comes out in a couple of days. Um, Arden got sent home because of COVID and her basal needs dropped significantly because she wasn't. I'm thinking partly moving around so much at school and partly dealing with the anxiety and stress of the day. Yeah. And and her ba- her basal went from 1.2 to 0.9. Yeah. It's a lot, you know. And mm-hmm. um and so I think once people can see those things, you can kind of stay flexible and and make the adjustments along the way, but I don't think there's a I don't think at this point that I see just some like black and white, here's the 10 bullet points. These right. are the answers. These are the numbers. Just do this. I think the answer lies somewhere inside of this podcast. Um, and I hope like the defining diabetes and the pro tip episodes help move people along more quickly. Cause it just, at some point I realized I was like, I, I can't tell everybody just start listening from the beginning. You, you know, yeah. you'll figure it out. So I think the way you're listening is how most people are going to end up listening. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's, 
anyway, I mean, obviously, I think it would be great to start from the beginning, but no matter like how you do it, the information is just like, I don't know, I don't even know the right word. It's just like absolutely priceless. And if you can, I think I just started with like learning about temp phasing and like bumping and nudging. And it, it sort of evolved from there for me, for somebody who did not operate a pump before that. And um, I just, it has made such a difference in what I, just understanding the impacts of those small, those small actions. And they made such a big difference. And it's just been great. Thank you. I, I think this podcast might be one of my only real like adult accomplishments actually. So it's, <laughs> well, it's a big one. <laughs> yeah, it's nice of you to say, um, I, I, I just, I don't know. There's no other way to say it. I figured out how to do diabetes and within this podcast somewhere is your answer. And, um, everybody's going to come to it a different way. I, I just learned from talking to so many people that there's no canned answer. And when there's no canned answer, that leaves me having to sit in the room, like, you know, that the, the, the fortune teller behind the glass and I just have to sit there till somebody puts their quarter in and then tell them what to do. And I, that's not a valuable use of my time. I mm-hmm. can't, I can't help. There's, I could help people one person at a time and I've done mm-hmm. that in the past, but that leaves you helping a dozen people a year. And I like getting a dozen emails a day. Like I, and, yeah. and, and I'd like to figure out how to make it more because, you know, the success of the podcast is directly correlated, I think to the outcomes for people listening. I don't know. I don't think that answered your question, but it did add 10 minutes to your episode. Very, <laughs> very shrewd, Jamie. Very shrewd. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, you guys sound like you have a terrific family. I'm uh, jealous of your relationship. You do sound very um, um, blended and uh, and together as one, which is very cool. Thank you. Yeah. We work at it. Yeah, it sounds like it, honestly. Thanks. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop the recording and then I'm going to tell you something. So Okay. The number 37 is funny because a huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G V O K E G L U C A G O N dot com forward slash juice box. I'd also like to thank the contour next one blood glucose meter for being such a great, great supporter of the juice box podcast and for making really great blood glucose meters. That's the thing we really care about. Contour next.com forward slash juice box. If you're enjoying the show, Please share it with someone else. That's how it grows and how it stays so relevant. Uh, so you have the show and you're like, I, I like this podcast. Then you find somebody else who has diabetes and you go, uh, have I told you about this podcast? Or maybe you're like, hey, doctor, would you like to know how I got this A1C? Juicebox podcast. So share the show. That's the best way to support the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back soon with another episode.